we are recording and we're going live yay uh we do have a chat this is a zoom meeting call uh we do have a chat bar on the side so if any questions come up please feel free to um, type them i will check on them as we go through this and see what comes up see what questions people have about it i believe i can share my screen if i can share my screen this will make this a lot easier uh advanced sharing options and if you are listening to this afterwards because i'm hoping to get this up uh on our podcast which is called service dog secrets along with our uh, youtube you know upload the video onto youtube upload the audio onto the other uh you know that works out pretty good too ha okay figuring this out we're gonna start with if you're looking at it and you can pull up a browser window i want you to go to hopeservicedogs.org by the way i'm vicky so if um if you don't know who i am that's who i am okay you should be seeing because it's showing me that we're screen sharing so this should be you should see our grand task list if you're tuned into the webinar and if you're not tuned in and you can't see it live uh, just go to hopeservicedogs.org click on training and then what is it the fourth one down is the grand task list and that's where we're going to be starting today because tonight is about task training and foundation skills that you need and i'm going to show you we're going to walk through it just like we did at uh we first did this at one of the service dog schools and it's fantastic so we do this at every service dog school because we want to show you how we figure out what the dogs need and so this is what we work on if you do one of our puppy training programs with us okay grand task list now while we do specialize in dysautonomia we train for a variety of disabilities and that works out really nice you know um some dis some tasks okay uh you can use for various disabilities also so just because uh you don't have dysautonomia it doesn't mean you can't use one of these tasks if it will help you okay and what's the other part and it's awesome so what makes up a service dog i guess we should start with that first what makes a service dog is a service dog is task trained to mitigate uh disabilities of their disabled handler so if i have a disability and i have a dog who is tasked trying to mitigate that disability which is my service dog and i give my service dog to you and you do not have a disability that dog is no longer a service dog and if uh, you have a disability and you have a dog it doesn't mean that your dog is a service dog unless that dog is task trained to mitigate your disability okay so hopefully you pulled them up if not hopefully you grab a pen and paper or pull up a, a blank sheet on your phone uh, because we're going to go through these jot down things that you think are going to help you but know that they are listed public accessible on the website on hopeservicedogs.org okay uh dysautonomia and or eds and again multiple different disabilities can use these same tasks but what we're going to do is we're going through them is I'm going to jot them down and tell you how how we do it, like I said. And ha, I got a new page up on my notes so we can do this. Okay, do it well. 
tasks include alerting, alert to family member, alert for help. Uh, those are touch-based tasks, right? Well, what do you mean by that? I mean, when we're teaching them, alert to a family member. So if I say, go get Rich, Rich would say, dog here, and he present a two-finger touch target, and the dog would go there. And because of how we train it, uh, and this can get a little advanced. So if I start losing you, just stick with me. Trust me, you'll, I'll, I'll bring it back around. Um, we use uh, classical and operant conditioning, but classical conditioning is based on timing. So if the dog knows touch and the dog calls the dog over for touch, and then if I say, if the dog knows that well, right, we put the new in front of the old. So if I say, go get rich, pause, and he says, dog, touch, and he presents, and the dog goes over pretty soon the dog's going to try to like oh when she says go get rich he's going to say touch and present the target so i'm just going to head over there now so it means the same thing that's why a lot of times dogs will have like 20 different words that mean the same thing and it's because they've all been you know classically conditioned so alerting a family member or alerting for help now as an aside we don't teach the dog to go get a rando for help because like they're randos, they're not going to know your medical condition, they're not going to know what to do, and it's not safe, we don't teach that, right, but they're both touch-based tasks, the good ones. Alert to changes in medical condition. Now this could be sight-based, or it could be scent-based. So for sight-based tasks, it is focus, right, like I want a dog who will look at you, um, we call it autofocus, but I want that autofocus and I want a really good autofocus. I want that dog paying attention to me, keeping an eye on me or on the handler, right? Um, a lot. You know, if you have to constantly beg the dog to look at you or hold a hot dog up to your nose, that's not what we want. We want the dog who does it automatically. And if it is scent-based, there's scent stuff that we do. So scent-based would be uh, like a diabetic alert is scent-based. Uh, dysautonomia alert, I've trained a lot of it it's a combo of sight and scent. In my opinion, there have been no scientific studies on it, but, um, but it would be sight and scent. So we do train both. And why do I tell you that? Because I've had my friends and family, as they know me, they'll sometimes say like, are you feeling okay? And sometimes I am, and sometimes I'm not. So, you know, like there's a combo in there. So you need both, right? So I'm writing these down so far on my list. And on your list should be touch, autofocus, and scent. Those are our foundation skills needed to train the tasks that I've listed so far. Uh, assist in sitting or laying down in cases of impending medical crisis. So for that, if we're gonna be using the dog, once they're of age and cleared by the vet, for assisting in sitting or lying down, what we're gonna need is a stand, like just stand still, right? And it could be a stand in front of me, um, like a block, which is a combination of stand and touch and touch is already on the list, right? But you need that stand. And if I'm uh, going to lie down, I might need to just brace on the dog. The foundation of brace is stand. Okay. Uh, assist a person to rise and steady. Again, you're going to need stand and touch. Assist to get up from a chair, stand and touch. Uh, assist to get up from the floor stand and touch, assist with grounding. Grounding, uh, people have different definitions of grounding. For me, what I use when I use this term 
is I want the dog sitting in front of me, either facing me or facing away from me. So we need a sit is on the list. Um, so I can use them to anchor, right? And it could be, uh, or maybe they're in a down. So I'll add down to the list. Sit and down are now on the list. Uh, when I come to after uh, losing consciousness, the dog works for grounding because it gives me an anchor to focus on, right? And some people, they want to lose themselves in the dog's coat, in the dog's rough maybe, and that works too. That's for me, that's grounding. Assist with transferring from wheelchair to chair. Uh, again, you're going to need the stand and the touch. Balance support is going to be the stand. Uh, and then we teach the dog what a harness means. So balance support, if you're doing like a counterbalance, which means if I start getting a little ronky-donky, you know, wavering here and there, like just keep me grounded, uh, it's still a stand, right? But it's stand with knowing what the tools mean. Uh, brace or lean against the handler for grounding. Labs are fantastic with this and they do it all the time without even knowing. Um, and that again would be kind of a touch. It could be a a shoulder touch, you know, where the dog leans against you with his shoulder. Um, it could be like his head a little bit more, but he's leaning against you. So that might be knowing body parts. I'll write that down. If the dog knows what his body parts are and if he knows what touch is. So if the dog knows that, um, you know, you're good. Uh, and so body parts are now on the list. Counterbalance, we just said, and I've got uh, the stand on here, deep pressure therapy. That is where the dog comes up and over your lap and either pushes his weight down onto your thighs or leans into you and pushes the weight into your thighs and into your stomach. And why this is a lot of people use DPT, uh, which is what we call DPT. And I've had people tell me that it hurts when their dog does it. It's because their dog isn't doing it right. Or maybe they just can't handle that pressure, right? but it should be soothing, calming. It's kind of like a portable weighted blanket. Um, with this, they need paws up. Does they need to do paws up on you? Paws up, they need that touch, right? Uh, and that's pretty much what you need for that one, for the foundation skills needed before you teach it. Um, fetch meds, you need to retrieve and put something in your mouth. And how we train that is through play. So play retrieve is the foundation to fetch. Now, when you get a breed like a golden retriever, a Labrador retriever, a poodle, which is a, you know, German for puddle dog, but it's, it's a retriever. It makes the retrieves a lot easier. But another thing that makes it a lot easier is letting the dog like mouth things and have things in his mouth uh, when he's young, when he's with you without... Uh, taking it away from your dog. For example, when we have the puppies with us, if they pick up a leaf on the ground or a stone off the ground, we'll you click, they'll come to us, they'll get food because the clicker is just so charged, right? Like that's what I want. I'm not going to chase after the dog, pry the rock out of his mouth and tell him he's bad. So if a dog picks up the leash, I'm going to click and reward that, right? Because I can use that for in the future. Um, but it's all play-based, all retrieves. There's other ways you can do it. If you can do it play-based, it's the best. So we start out with a lot of play with our puppies um, from even before eight weeks old onward. But we need that. You need that play and you need to not be grabbing things out of your dog's mouth and scolding them whenever they do mouth things, including your arm within reason. 
Uh, or like if he picks up the leash, right? Like click and reward that. Uh, fetch the phone to call for help. Retrieve, play, right? That's the foundation skill for it. Find a bathroom, find the car, find the exit. There's, a, there's some that you'll see like that. What do they need? A ground target. For us, a ground target is a clack clack, but it's a ground target is what you need. And name and explain also which body parts, and I'll, I'll write on here, name and explain uh, by the body parts, because uh, it's similar. And what you do is you label things. So they don't go by the scent of pee and know that that's the, where the bathroom is, right? Um, it's because we're creatures of habit, right? And so are the people who build Walmart. There's how many different layouts of floor models for Walmart or any store? Where's the bathroom? It's not usually in the center of the store, right? The bathroom's in the front or in the back of the store. Exit is in the side or in the middle. Like you're not gonna have an exit in the or middle of the front, right? You're not gonna have an exit in the dead middle of the store. So when, what happens is say you wanna teach find the exit, as you come in, you can tell to the dog, like here's the exit. And then as you're walking around, oh, look, there's the exit, let's go to the exit. And then as the dog's getting it, he'll be like, okay, cool. Yeah, I know where we're going. We just went to the cashier. Now we're going to head out this way. You always park in the same spot because again, creatures a habit. So it makes it a lot easier. Um, and it's just that naming stuff, right? So find the bathroom, find a specific person, find the car, find the exit is all the same. I'm finding seats. Well, with COVID, a lot of the benches and stuff in the stores aren't there anymore. So it's a little bit harder to find a seat, but it, it's similar, right? Uh, Ford Momentum Pool is, uh, you can name and explain, you can ground target, you can touch, uh, but it, those are the foundation skills needed for that. Hold items in their mouth. Again, is that play retrieve is the foundation. Uh, medication reminder, touch. Ah, oh, you didn't know what I was going to say there, huh? Um, touch is the uh, uh, foundation skill needed for that task. Be and uh, hearing, and so when it goes off, you have the dog come and touch you. It goes off, you have the dog come and touch you. Once we talk about classical condition, uh, you know, the first thing, or once they have the established one, once they know touch really good, then instead of touch being the signal, now it's the DDD on the phone is now the signal to come and touch you. Um, oops, pick up. If I drop something, oops, come and get it. And that is the play-based stuff also. Um, proprioception awareness. Now, if you guys saw, I commented on somebody, um, I broke my foot again. I broke it last year around this time too. Coming out of my bathroom, we have a bookcase and I just, last year I slammed my foot into that bookcase so hard. I about saw stars. I was in tears. It was so painful. And it turns out I broke my foot in two places and it took forever to heal. <laughs> so um, I just did it again last weekend. Don't ask me why we have a bookcase right outside the bathroom door. Like, I don't know why it's still there. But, um, but I, I whacked my foot against it. So with EDS, your joints aren't as tight as everybody else's. Again, I'm not a doctor, right? So my technical words. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why with the joint issues of EDS that you can have issues. So for me, it's always on my left side, my whole left side, I always have issues with. Um, something's on my right side, but if there's a problem, it's going to be on my left side, pretty much guarantee that one. So 
was it that I'm misjudging? Because proprioception, what's that? It's the awareness of your body in space. So I know that my hand's over here, even though I'm not looking at my hands. I know it's over to the side of my head because I know where it is. And I know that the chair is right behind me. And I know that the whelping box is right beside me because I'm in here with the two whelping boxes and the two mamas. Uh, I know it's all right there because of proprioception. Well, what if instead of being so big away, because your joints are a little bit looser, you're a little bit farther away and you misjudge things. Proprioception. Um, so proprioception awareness. So what if I had my dog trained where he would, because I told you it's my left side. What if my dog was trained to be at my left side for heel position when we're out so I don't whack into things like bookcases and break my foot? Nice task, right? So what is the foundation school for that? Heel. Uh, and you could train side also if you wanted to train side, which is your right side. Um, but that's a task that, that's one of my tasks, just like, oops. Um, reassure during a medical crisis. That's going to be grounding, which is going to be sit or down. It's going to be stay. I'll add stay to the list because it should be implied, but we'll add it. Um, reorient after, again, sit or down usually. Um, they'll sit beside you. They'll down beside you, um, touch you, you know, whatever works. And we already have touch on the list. Uh, reorient to the here and now, uh, maybe give you licks, maybe get pets from you. So I can add lick if you want lick, um, and I'll slash paw because some people might want paw. I don't train paw until the very end, um, because a lot of times the dogs like it and I don't like to get scratched up with dog feet. So I like a nose, uh, more than I like a paw for a touch. So I want the dog to touch, boot me with his nose. Don't break my leg with your claws. Retrieve dropped items. That's my, oops, that's play. That's retrieve, right? Retrieve emergency water, meds, whatever. Yep, that, that's all that play. Retrieve, um, retrieve medical equipment, mobility aid, wheelchair, cane, walker, grabber, etc. It's the play retrieve. Stay with until help arrives. That's sit or down and stay. Under legs to raise is going to be down and touch, which is going to create a crawl. Um, under your legs. Okay. Ah, we're already done with all the dysautonomia tasks. And we have what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 foundation skills needed to train all of those different tasks. Now, if you guys think of extra tasks that I'm not mentioning, share it in the chat if you're on for that. Um, or wait and see if we cover it in the next one's coming up. Um, medical alert dog. What can they do? Now, some of these are going to be the same, so I'm going to whip through them. Alert family member, alert to changing medical conditions via scent or sight. We already did those ones. Assistant getting up from the floor or chair, assistant laying down uh, and, or sitting in case of impending medical crisis. Assist with grounding, DPT, fetch meds, fetch phone to call for help. If you guys are training to fetch your phone call to call for help, use your old phones or just grab phone cases or ask friends and family if they have any old phones. Don't use your new phone. Um, medication reminder, covered those, reassure during medical crisis, reorient, reorient after medical episode, um, stay with until help arrives, under legs to raise, oh, and wake handler, wake handler could be uh, a lick, a paw, a touch, right, mobility dogs, so this is going to be a little bit longer, uh, assist in a public restroom, mostly going to be that standing bracing stuff, Assist to rise and steady, to get up from a chair, to get up from the floor with position changes from sit to stand or lay to sit, etc. Assist with stairs, assist with transfer wheelchair to chair, balance assist on stairs, balance support. 
All of those are brace tasks. Okay, now I don't do brace tasks with the dog in motion and I'm leaning down on the dog because you can, um, what was it, twerk, right, Miley Cyrus? You can twerk their back. Um, so I, I only recommend bracing if they're standing still, like not, I need help every step of the way because I need a service dog because I don't want a cane. That's not why we have service dogs. Uh, they're to help our medical stuff not to do it. Oh, Blake, Blake says, uh, blackout recovery, is that covered under medical episode? I would, um, that's what I would have it. Um, definitely, Blake, is, um, is that reorient afterwards. Um, and we do have some video of Blake uh, working on that with us. And that was super fun. And Blake, you better get your butt down here soon. <laughs> but I tell you, probably mid to end of August, the RV will be available. But if not, Sam's RV is available. Um, block. Block is stop in front of me and block my forward movement so that the foundation skill is touch. Brace I have on here, which is stand. Um, bring a note to a person. Ah, now we're starting to combine tasks. So this might make sense to you, but maybe the foundation skill stuff doesn't. And if that's the case, it's the same stuff. It's like how you pair up tricks, right? If you have, if your dog knows down in touch, your dog can learn crawl. If your dog knows, uh, can hold something in his mouth taught by a retrieve and play and knows um, touch go to the person, you can train the dog, bring a note to a person, right? It works. Uh, carry deliver an item to another person, same thing. Uh, carry grocery bags is, uh, is that play retrieve, just get something in your mouth, right? Carry items to another room, up and down stairs, carry the mail, carry your purse. Uh, clean up items on the floor, put them in a basket. Now it's calling to you and, and outing. So with the play retrieve is the foundation, we still need an out, right? Um, clean up trash on the floor, put it in the wastebasket. Be careful with that when you don't want your dog touching anything really gross. Uh, closed doors, nose-based or paw-based usually. So um, we have touch, which for, like I said, for me is nose, um, but we, can, we have paw on there also. Uh, counterbalance is stand, cover. So block is in front, cover is behind, and it's touch. It's usually a stand and a touch. Um, deep pressure therapy we did. Um, deliver items from cashier to handler or from handler to cashier is, uh, again, that play retrieve stuff. And then you can do the ground target or you can do the touch target as you're training it. Now, don't go to Walmart and say, hey, cashier, I want you to do this. Play with it at home with your friends, with your family, with your trainers, um, and, and work your way up to that. Um, drag a laundry basket. Here's one we have not done, um, but I guess it could work with the closing doors also is play tug-based, right? So uh, there's the ball, like fetch the ball, which becomes pick up something I drop or whatever else. But if the dog needs to pull something, open up a door or close the door that way, um, drag the laundry basket, it's tug-based. Okay, so play for tug, um, fetch meds if needed. Um, that's your emergency meds. Again, play-based, forward momentum in wheelchair or while walking, we covered hold items, oops, pick up, open doors by pushing the handicap button. So this could be paw or nose touch. And honestly, I have it up here. I rarely, rarely teach this one because there are so few handicap buttons around us uh, and where I've gone. Um, there's very few and they're never in the same spot. Like we were at a um, 
where was I at a hotel in Texas and they had one, but it was on one of those um, concrete pillars. So you don't go driving into the lobby is where it was. Like we would have found that. Um, so like things are weird and it's just, it's usually easier for me to just push it. Um, but if my dog knows that, you know, Epcot has one, Disney has a one as far as I'm aware and it's at Epcot. Um, and it is at the spaceship earth, like to get in the wheelchair accessible way. And it's, it's high, which is ridiculous because most people in wheelchairs aren't high. Open and close bathroom door. Again, you could do touch, you could do paw, you could do nose. Um, open, close, cabinet, drawers, doors, same thing. Um, momentum up inclines or upstairs is not technically brace. It's going to be uh, a flexi handle, um, but it's going to be either, again, the touch or the ground target. Pull a wheelchair, pull and um, hold a heavy door. I thought I had deleted that one because uh, they can only be so heavy, guys, and most doors aren't that heavy. Uh, pull blankets on and off. Again, mouth base, push handicap or elevator buttons. I don't, I don't ask them to push elevator buttons because they're always like right there. Um, if it's going to be like two of them, they're like up and down. And to be like, no, I want you to push the down one. And the dog's like, slam, Hulk smash. And then in your house, um, I've had people like, well, what about light switches? I want the light switches to, you know, my dog to turn them on and off. <sighs> you know what? Alexis just made it so much easier for us. So I just, you know, tell them get you know, either set up with Alexa with the plugs or with the light bulbs and just make your life a lot easier because uh, everything's a little bit different and weird. Uh, put away an item, take an, um, and hold in mouth, remove socks or other clothing. Ha, huh, that's kind of a tug, isn't it? Remove socks. So if you need help with that, because you can't maybe bend down really good to get it um, or other clothing, you need help removing your jacket. Uh, you, you want a dog who wants to play tug with you. Controlled tug. Uh, retrieve dropped items, discuss, retrieve emergency meds water, retrieve item when pointed. Um, you can use your finger, you can use a laser pointer. Again, same thing, right? Retrieve mail or newspaper, medical equipment, mobility aids, named items, uh, phone, your wallet, your backpack, a travel bag, uh, your shoes, a towel, TV remote, um, and turn on and off lights. So uh, I thought I had, had uh, edited those the other day. Apparently I left some of those up. Um, so some will be edited off just because I don't do them or they're repetitive. Or like I said, the turn on and off lights, you could use paw, teeth or nose. I, like I, said, I just, I don't do them. Like I don't have people requesting it. And maybe you do. And maybe you want it. Like I can, I can coach you through how to do it. We can work on that together. Um, it's just something I, I don't get requests for. Um, psychiatric service dogs. So, and again, like that's where the chat's for. If you guys are like, no, I need that. That's the one that would totally change my life. You know, like that's awesome. Um, add it. So psychiatric service dogs. Uh, and so the medical alert stuff is going to be scent based and it might be go get my med bag. Cause I don't know if that's on here or not. Um, but scent's already on here. So like, we're usually going to be good. It might be go get help or go get my med bag. And again, we've discussed those. Um, so agitation response, that is sight-based. So if you have a, a dog who has good autofocus and touch, you can get an agitation response. Or I pick my nails response. Or I, I start, you know, playing with my eyebrow response. You know, anything like that. I think, guys, if I'm doing this, I want my dog to interrupt it. Because if not, maybe I'll start, you know, picking out my eye, eyebrow hair or whatever. 
This isn't going to be a scent. This is sight. The dog sees this. And what does this mean? Usually it's going to mean like, come into my lap, come into DPT, bring me something. Now, if I'm at Publix, what if my dog doesn't have the toy that he usually brings me to get me to pay attention to him? Why, like, well, like, what can the dog do instead? The dog can maybe come and bump you. Uh, he can maybe come into DPT. Well, what if I'm standing? He can't really come into DPT. Well, that's where the bump comes in. Uh, so we want to look at these tasks in that view of can the dog do it here? Can the dog do it at the grocery store? Alert to a person coming up from behind you. Again, this is what I don't do too much because there's always somebody coming up behind you if you're out in public, you know? But um, how would you do that? Touch-based, right? Someone comes up behind, the dog knows to go and, and tell you. Assist in creating a safe personal space. This is the funny one. Funny, like, really, ha-ha, not. You're not going to have your dog face you and walk his butt into somebody, which I've heard. And I also don't do the orbit where you teach the dog to just circle around and circle around. Your dog can learn heel, which is my left side, side, um, block, and cover, and use that to help create. In a safe personal space, if you're going to take your dog, for example, to Magic Kingdom, where it is extremely crowded, it's going to be hard to have a safe personal space, period. Not only that, when you're out with your service dog, okay, people are not looking down at dog level. People are looking at their phones and be glad they don't bump into you, right? So that, be careful with that one, right? Because if, if your dog comes up to me and like hits his butt onto me or onto a stranger, let's use, like if, and, and the stranger like, kind of like kicks at the dog, you know? Don't, don't, have your, don't put your dog in that situation. You know, you don't want that to happen, but you also can't have your dog going up and like touching people. Uh, so with that, you know, if there's something that, no, I just need this and, and here's where I go is, is not crowded places and I make sure I don't go to not crowded places, then you could teach that front, back, side, side. So then you can have that buffer where needed, in my opinion. Assist to leave a social situation. And I have on here panic attack, but anytime you have to, leave uh if it is site based or even scent based right you have that so if you start to i don't know say clench your fists right and that means that you have to get out of here maybe your dog notices that and paws at you and you know now you could oh he has to go to the bathroom right but that's one too that as long as the dog is well behaved well mannered you're just using him as an excuse so he, he might not do anything and you could just be like Hey, I think he has to go to the bathroom. Um, block, which is stand in front, cover, stand behind um, to prevent people coming up, prevent your forward or, or rear motion. Don't use these to train and catch me. And if I pass out, my dog will catch me. You will really hurt your dog that way. Um, brace or lean against handler or grounding, we discussed. A buffer in crowded places, we discussed. Crying interruption response is touch or DPT. DPT, fetch meds if needed, fetch phone, find a bathroom, find a specific person, find the car. Um, flashback interruption. So those in the interrupt freezing, interrupt dissociation, uh, interrupt panic attack, interrupt repetitive behaviors, scratching, skin picking, all of it is that 
you need an autofocus and you need touch. If you got those, you're good because that's the foundation skills that are needed. Um, follow a designated person is usually a touch, a two finger touch target. And the dog will follow that. And they know how to do, right? So you're not gonna just be like, follow this rando. It's gonna be, you know, follow my friend that I'm with today. Uh, follow or dissociation, freezing, behavior, harmful. Harmful behavior, all of this is sight-based. Sight, DPT, or touch, right? Those are the three. Um, nightmare interruption is usually going to be a touch-based DPT, paw maybe. Um, if you wanted to do a bark, I'm not adding it to the list because every time we talk, we do trick classes and I'd let people, when we hit our like advanced trick class, they could pick a trick. And I had, you know, a few of them and I'd, I'd name them off and ever, oh, I want to teach my dog to bark on command. It'd be so cool. And then the next week after we do it, there's like, why do we teach the dog to bark on command? Because now the dog thinks that it's an acceptable behavior. Um, so nightmare interruption. Now you might need it. I'm not saying you don't, but I like to start with the touch, the DPT, the paw, if nothing else. Um, provide a distraction, provide an excuse to leave an uncomfortable situation. Uh, reorient to the here and now with licks or pets. Again, licks on there. Um, respond to smoke alarm, uh, routine reminders, um, feed the dog, eat meals, go to sleep, etc. Um, for those two, guess what? Alexa's really good. You can set, I have my phone, honestly, for med reminders, because I don't remember to, to take my meds, like ever. So I have it going, but I find too, I just, I'll shut the alarm off, but I won't take my meds right away. I need to actually take that and take my meds. Um, snuggle, which is not DPT. So you could do DPT over the lap. You can do hugs or snuggles, which is straight on and the paws are like at your hips and maybe he's giving you a hug, maybe that's hugs, right? And then what if he puts like his head um, on your chest or his head on your head? And then that could be a second one or a third one, I guess. So they can each be individual commands. A DPT does not encompass coming on you straight on. Um, summon help from a specific person is, is not to go find a rando at the store and then watch my back which is a sit at the side of you facing behind you. Okay. So that was 35 minutes of tasks that we just reviewed. And guess what, guys? All those tasks, I didn't count how many tasks there were, can be broken down to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 foundation skills. Yeah, that's pretty... Uh, pretty cool, isn't it? Like it's, it's neat. It's kind of amazing um, because you weren't expecting that. Now we have added some other things to it also. Um, what did we add to it? Well, first, where's this? Um, we could do that. I'm trying to get out of here. Well, I guess we'll pull up this. See if this works. There we go. Okay, so now I'm showing you a different screen if you're on there. So when we did our service dog, which is my abbreviation, if you guys see anything that I write, if it says SD, that means service dog. Okay, so service dog foundation. So what we did is we tried to break them up into levels. So you have realistic expectations of what your puppy should be doing from the time you get them home at whatever age. 
as young as eight weeks old. Don't take a puppy earlier than eight weeks old, guys. I don't care what sob story you get. Don't take a puppy home before then. They need to be around their litter mates, uh, mom, auntie dogs, anything like that to teach them the good manners and everything. Even if mom doesn't nurse them anymore, you still want to leave them with them until at least eight weeks old, if not older, okay, for the good of the dog. So what do we have here? We have the foundation skills. Let's go over them. Touch, autofocus, which is like just check in with me, scent, uh, stand, sit down, um, teaching the dog body parts, using name and explain, uh, doing a pause up, doing a play retrieve, doing a play for tug, uh, doing a clack clack or a ground target, uh, teaching heel, stay, and then if you want to do like a lick or a paw. So we have sit down, stand, um, come I don't have on here, but comes needed. You need the dog to come when called. Um, I guess if he's calling the dog to come to him, like riches, he can use the target, but we want that. Come, stay, heal. Trying to kind of group these up for us as we're sitting here. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's what we need. Uh, touch, autofocus, sit down, stand, come, place, heal. Um, no, come, stay, heal. Not place, place isn't on here. Teaching the dog body parts, name and explain, pause up, clack, clack, or ground target, lick or paw, uh, play, retrieve, play, tug, and scent, right? Those are the foundation skills that are needed to teach all of the tasks that we just talked about. And can I send this to everyone in the meeting? There, I just copy and paste them from the chat if you are on here and you have access and can do that because you're going to want those because those are key guys. Most tasks that you find that you're going to need are going to be broken up into these foundation skills. So what do we have in level one? We have lore and reward training, which is the puppy follows the food, right? Now, it doesn't mean that that's what you want to do forever, but for puppies, it's a really good place to start. Uh, name and explain training. So the puppy knows what's going on. For example, we brought the Snow Whites, who are about four months old, a little over, to the grocery store today. And it was, uh, you know, there's a little kid. Um, it's an air conditioner. That's what's making the noise. Um, here comes the automatic doors. Look, they're going to open for us. Right? Easy stuff. Name game, uh, where we go through it um, for teaching the dog body parts in a certain order. And we have some TikToks up on that. Um, box, I add in there because box helps with focus. So I have box. Box isn't on a foundation skill, but it is a pre-foundation skill. Oh, that's a good name. I'm going to jot that down too. Pre-foundation skill. Uh, and then we have our vocabulary. So the command, if I say sit or down, right? Or the word yes means room service. That means I'm bringing the food to the dog and I want the dog to stay in position while I bring them food. A uh, clicker or break ends the behavior. I want the dog to come to me to get the food. And using a treat and train, and then the noise that it makes is a little dude, ends the behavior. And I want the dog to go to that to get the food, the reward. You also need the dog um, good in a crate, house trained, potty trained, uh, and grooming. You need to work on getting nails done, brushing, bathing, and blowout. Even if you say, 
I am not going to blow out my dog. He's a Doberman, right? I don't need to blow out his coat because he has none. Why do we need them good with that? Well, like, have you ever been in a bathroom that has the automatic can blower dryer things? We can't have the dog freak out. So you can work them there. You can work them here. I don't care, but we need to desensitize them to that sound. We also can do socialization, which are exposures on pavement, five to 10 minutes max, given different surfaces. Socialization doesn't mean that everybody who sees them says hello. Socialization is the experience in the environment. Appropriation is the body in space, spatial pressure. Uh, you don't want the dog jumping up on you all the time, but guess what? If you get the dog to not jump up on you, um, when they're puppies, if it is never, ever allowed for the dog to jump up on you, it's going to be harder to do DPT whenever they're older. It's going to be harder to do pause up and give something to the clerk or pause up and give something to me if the dog is never allowed to jump up. So is jumping up bad? No, I allow jumping up in the puppies, but they also have to come to a point where like this isn't allowed anymore. But just like with kids, uh, I'm not going to expect college uh, education in a kindergartner. I'm not going to expect uh, adult behavior in an eight-week-old puppy or even a six-month-old puppy. They're still puppies, guys. Okay. So we're also going to do play. Uh, cat chaser, we're going to use one of those. That's that stick with the little like poof on the end, um, little feather thing. So cat chaser toy, a uh, flirt pole, which is bigger. And it's like a big cat toy. Um, it's our fishing pole, actually. Um, and you can get them. So it's the stick, it's a rope, and it's a toy. My husband just came in. He was trying to mine something to me. And we don't play charades for a reason. If it rains, there's going to be a little burp. Because I'm going to bring everybody in. Okay. So he's feeding everybody and doing evening training with them. So flirt pole, get it on Chewy, get it on Amazon. Flirt pole is good. Tug is good uh, and retrieve. There's different ways you can do the play and everything, but those, those are my level ones, right? That's, that's my pre foundation skills for a lot of them. And then level two is, and these are the index cards. If you guys remember the index card stuff, we are, this is what I spent the first week plus of Ginger's puppies being on the ground. Cause somebody is with the puppies when they're born for the first 48 hours, they're not left unattended. And for the first about two weeks, somebody is here with them quite frequently. So like I actually was in the kitchen with people today and the puppies were back here. The mamas were out there with us so we could hear and see what was going on. But the puppies were alone back here for five minutes today. And we have ones, a week old ones, no, like two weeks old and three weeks old, I think ish right so i can get a lot of stuff done and what we did is we revamped the index cards so these are the new index cards so those i have is yellow these are green and that's level two this is level two green uh focus on me with no cue that's that auto focus that i was telling you about name teaching the dog their name because that's important it's not a foundation skill i didn't say it right but it's something the dog needs capture behavior for example leash and mouth you can click or back up you can click because those are things that we want. We need those. And the dog needs to understand how capturing behaviors work. Uh, potty on cue and on leash. Stand like a statue, use an enzyme cleaner in the house and hold it for an hour per month old. So if you have a six month old puppy, they might be able to hold it for about six hours. 
give or take an hour. Um, and depending on how much they drink. Um, find it. I want them to be able to find something. So if I toss a treat at them uh, or the treat and train, like dudes out a treat, I want them to be able to go find it. I also want them to leave it alone. Um, and then if they're doing it with find it, I'll do catch the fly where I just chuck things at them. Not like chuck things at them, but I'm going to like flip treat, um, toss treats and they can practice getting it. And that's nice whenever you have a whole bunch of dogs so they don't all think that they're getting it. Uh, clack, clack, which I told you is my ground target and luring them over place because it's a new experience. Even though place isn't technically a foundation skill, what happens whenever you go to Universal and you want to get on the Hogwarts Express and the dog's like, I ain't going on that train. Well, if the dog understands boring over place, going place, going on different objects, it makes it a lot easier. Nose paw versus paw touch. We discussed why I like the nose touch better. Uh, a target, yeah, nose touch better. Target two-fingered is a touch. A target stick is a target. Uh, clarity is huge, guys. We want clarity for the dogs. It makes it easier. Uh, implied stay, so sit down place. Are they going to have endings? Are you going to teach a stay command? You're going to do both. Uh, and then I have here my cheat codes. Hover hand sit, which is, you know, your hands up there. A sit pretty down, a leash lure stand, come and click, lure to heel, and click add heel. And then play and find scent. Those are all level two things. And if none of that makes sense to you, if you don't know what a sit pretty down is, huh, guess what? You're going to eventually find out because follow us on TikTok. <laughs> uh, level three, or come to the next time we do a service dog school. Level three, I have co color coded as blue because I had to pick colors. I like blue. Uh, leash training. Notice levels one and two, we didn't even talk about leash training, just leash and mouth equals plug. Leash training, look at me. I don't I try not to use that all that much. I want the dog to look at me on their own. Um, sit until release, down until release, stand until release, heel step by step, come from 20 feet away, place for 30 minutes, a TV show, right? Uh, stay from while well, you go 10 feet away and then find side position, which is your right hand heel. Pause up on a bowl, pivot and off, which is not down. Fix to untangle your feet from leash, well, their feet from leash. Um, pick up the leash and hand it to you. Public access outings, because now your dog's on a leash and doing well with behaviors, we can start some public access outings. Socialization, five minute outings. Advocate for your dog, say hi, you can have your dog make a friend. We're doing that with this litter and loving it. And load the dog into the vehicle. I use load or load up. Play and scent will do. And then I have some extras on here like a tunnel. Again, learning new things aren't scary, even if you can't see the end. Spin and twist, which is clockwise and counterclockwise. Again, it's two different words. It's two different commands, guys, two different skills. And you want to teach in opposites. So if you're teaching spin, teach twist. If you're teaching crawl under, maybe you want to teach it hop over. All right. So there's crawl um, under your legs or chair. Lick, if you want to do lick. Remember, that's one of those. Get closer to you. So if your dog stops and he's, you know, three feet away from you, like closer and he comes closer to you. Uh, gear up, gear on, like your vest, the shoes, you know, all the gear that the dog needs, collars, everything. Um, level four, I have his pink. Um, sit down, uh, sit for two minutes, stand for two minutes, down for five minutes, come 30 feet outside, place for an hour or a longer TV show. Uh, stay 10 feet outside, heel steps. Like the dog's doing good. It's not just step by step. You're now able to do steps at a time. 
Um, and then side step by step. So notice that side is like a, a level below heel. That works, right? Don't want to confuse the dog. Um, but I also don't want them to think that left is the good side and right is the bad side. 10 to 15 minute public access outings, advocate for your dog. Oh, we have that in the other one, don't we? I said about that somewhere. Yeah, advocate for your dog on both of them. Um, ignore strangers coming up to you and everything else. Remember we did make friends, now they could ignore strangers. Well, they can do both of them, both times. Ignore if somebody else calls her name because what happens when you have a service dog out in public? People always come to you and they say, what's your dog's name? And you say, why? And they say, well, because he's cute. And you say, I know, thank you. So I have two different things that I'll do in that situation is sometimes people will give an alias. What's his name? Fido. Oh, well, that's kind of a weird name. Yep. You know, come on, Molly, let's go this way. Uh, or if, if the dog's older, I'm not doing it with these puppies, but like my personal dogs who are older and they know this, they know to ignore if somebody else says it. So we were at uh, Winn-Dixie today with the four-month-old Snow White litter. And woman comes up and she's like, sit, sit, sit. Well, he ain't sitting. I'm like, why should he sit for you? He doesn't know you. He sits for his handler. He sits for his trainer. He sits for who has the leash. He doesn't sit for randos who come up and give your dog commands. Why do you think a service dog should take commands from any rando who comes up to him? He shouldn't, right? So same thing, ignore name said. So if somebody comes up, you know, hey, Gypsy, just she has to ignore them, right? And it will come in time as your dog understands it and gets it. Um, or you answer the question that they wish you could, that, that you think they should have asked instead. Is, oh, what's your dog's name? Oh, my dog's a golden retriever. What's your dog's name? Oh, yeah, we've been paired up. I've had him since he was eight weeks old. Isn't he the cutest thing ever? What's your dog's name? Isn't this a lovely day? Where are you from? People love to talk about themselves. Like, I've been talking about myself for a long time now. Um, ignore pet sneak attacks. You always get those. Trust me. Go to the theme parks. It's worse. Ignoring people grab your dog or step on paws or tail or ignore other dogs or animals. All that stuff needs to be done. Um, back up. Teach your dog to back up because sometimes they're going to need that. You're on, the on a plane and it's a little harder to turn around in a tighter space. The proprioception will help with that. Backing up helps. Uh, come to place. A focus spin, which is placed with the eyes on you and you're walking around and your dog just keeps eyes on you all the time. Um, paw, see where I introduced paw is all the way in level four is when I finally introduced paw because I tell you, it's like my least favorite thing. It's better than barking, but not by much. And then we'll still do play and scent. And I was running out of space because I was trying to get them all to fit on a column. So that's why I don't have the retrieve and the tug, but it's just all play, right? Then level five is purple public off-leash for all of it. Sit down, stand, come place, stay. Um, heel at my side, at my pace, inside by the steps, right? Play, scent, and then the three tasks. So those are my levels, my service dog foundations. Now, if you say to me, well, how far do we get if we do the six-month-old program? As far as I can get your dog. Uh, what distinguishes the levels? It's something, Nicole, I had come up with a while ago and when you sign up for our e-newsletter, I believe you get the index cards and stuff. And if you look, and if you remind me, Nicole, I know we were messaging earlier today, um, shoot me a message on Facebook and I will find you the index card system. But basically what I want to do with my index card system is I need to teach these foundation skills, right? If I can teach 
the dogs that stay with me, especially until six months old, all of these foundation skills at a six month old puppy level, but you know how puppies usually are at six months old too. Like my puppies are much better than those by far. But if I can teach them those, then they have the alphabet that they can use to write words and letters and sentences and paragraphs and stories in the future. And it's so much easier to train up a dog who has these foundation skills. So with these foundation skills, I plug them into my levels, all right? And the levels I try to do from the easiest, which is that level one, the pre-foundation skills, level two, basic beginner stuff, level three, get a little bit harder. Like at that point, the dog should be okay on a leash, learning how to do things, starting the small public access outings. Level four, yeah, they should be able to pass their CGCs with no problem and their public access test, honestly, with no problem at level four. And then level five is what I want people to strive for. But, you know, really, if they can't work the dog in public off leash, I don't care. Like if they have to be on a leash, as long as they're not like, come over here, Fido, and, and you know, like pop it on a leash. So what we do when we're training these things is my recommendation is to write all of them on index cards. And if you do colored index cards or if you do colored Sharpies on in white index cards, um, but color coat them so you know where you're at, right? And then what you can even do is just take level one and put them up on a bulletin board, a whiteboard, put them on your wall, like whatever works for you. I've, I've put them in all different locations in the past, but have all of the index cards up there. Because often what happens is you're like, oh crap, it's late, I'm tired, I had a long day, I really don't want to train my dog. And if that happens too often, it's harder for, uh, you know, to motivate people and we want to motivate people. So we want, this is what I need to teach my dog is column one. Column two is this is what I'm working on. And column three is this is what my dog knows, right? So we have column one, column two, and column three. So all of them are in, I need to teach my dog. And then as you're working on them, take one or two or three of them. And this is what we're going to work on today. And as you're working on them, okay, my dog's getting really good with these three. Let's add in four or maybe four and five. And so now I can mix things up a little bit. And as my dog's getting it, okay, this is cool. This is cool. Okay, my dog really knows this one well. So I'm going to move that over. So you get that sense of accomplishment. It's like playing a little board game. Um, I like teaching that way. It, I, and oftentimes, Nicole, whenever I have clients who come out, um, they'll bring me, we talk about a training binder and I want that divided into five sections. I want your hours that you're doing, your outings that you're doing. Um, I want your tasks. Uh, I want your certifications. Like if your dog are in the CGC or the star puppy or the CGCA, CGCU, public access test, trick dog titles. Um, I want vet information from your dog. Uh, when, what shots he's had, when he's due again. Uh, any tests, uh, if you've done hips on them. And then I want your medical stuff. Even if your doctor won't write a letter, I want your medical stuff in there saying that you have this disability, right? So what I tell people is get on the patient portal and print up and say, here's my printout. And it says here, I have these five disabilities. I'm going to highlight those and stick them in that section. So I'm trying to get people organized. And so we're on the same page with things. So oftentimes when they come out, um, especially when we were doing so much with owner handlers. Now I just work with my puppies, which is why I'm sharing this information at no cost to everybody is for a few reasons. One is 
I'm, I'm pretty awesome. And I need, we need to have more community in the service dog world. Um, two is we're going to be doing more service dog schools and <laughs> they're really fun. And we covered this type of stuff. Three is my puppies are really great because we work on this stuff. Four is if you're doing puppies, you better be working on this stuff. Um, and it's just, there needs to be more of sharing. I can't train all the service dogs out there. Like I said, I'm only training my puppies right now. If you don't have one of my puppies and you want to work with me, it's going to be through our service dog school or a workshop or my online course. So, so yeah, the levels, this is all mine, Nicole, all my stuff. Um, James, can we get a copy of this information? This is really outstanding. Thank you. Uh, thank you, James. I really appreciate that. Um, right now, the task stuff is on the hopeservicedogs.org website. The other stuff, um, the foundation skills that we went over, I you know, you're going to have to listen to this again on the podcast or on the YouTube's. And if this works out how it should on the YouTube's, you can pause it and do it. If you really want it, <clears throat> I'll probably um, go through the levels and just pull that off of my puppy program, Go Home, which is where I'm pulling all of this from. This is what I take send the puppies home with at um, six months old or whenever they do it. So they have this information. And notice I have little check boxes and everything. Um, Chelsea asks, can you explain what I mean by scent? Um, thanks so much for this info. It's awesome. Thank you, Chelsea. I'm um, also, guys, we're on TikTok. I'm trying to hit 30,000 followers and I am like 400 and something away from that. So it's, um, check us out there. If you're like, I don't know what your TikTok or your Insta is or anything. If you go to, we have a link tree. So it's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E um, slash Hope S-D, H-O-P-E-S-D. Remember I said SD service dog. So that's our link tree. That'll have all our links in it, including our upcoming webinars. Scent is gonna be a whole one onto itself, Chelsea, because <coughs> we start them at three days old. And I've done some videos. If you're on TikTok, um, and I'm adding actually scent to my um, webinar list here. So we'll start introducing early scent introduction to the puppies at three days old, to so these neonates. Uh, we'll imprint them. I'll imprint them with my scent uh, for dysautonomia. My mom and dad moved here a couple months ago. My mom is diabetic. If she is wonky, she's gonna get me samples. And if she's over here and she's wonky, I'm gonna have her hold puppies. Uh, we will play with scent with them whenever they're young. I'll take about three days a month minimum and we'll just play scent games with them like that's their focus for work these three days is scent um finding scent and we'll use these little nosy nose kits uh because it's nice it's a nice easy scent um i think it's anise but they're these little pillows and you can hide them around and, and teach the dogs and what it teaches the dog is that scent has meaning so if you're telling me well yeah but i'm diabetic and, and i want those um those highs because highs are really bad well the problem with highs is it takes a while to come down and lows are the life killer, right? So we need those lows first. So we always, if we do diabetic, we always start with the lows. Um, but a lot of times I'll get people who will tell me I need a heart rate alert dog, or I need a, a pulse. Uh, my pulse went over a hundred alert dog, or I need a, what's the other one? Cortisone alert, cortisol alert dog. I don't know what it is for dysautonomia guys. And I'm going to be the first one to tell you, I don't know what it is, but I've trained a lot of them for alert. Like we just had up, if you look on our TikTok and go back, uh, one of our Fantasia litters. So they are about seven months old now. Um, we got a video of him 
uh, bopping his nose, his owner on the knee with his nose or her nose as the alert. Um, I had another one from our Snow White litter, so about four months old, who just went home, um, did 16 week board and train with us. 16 weeks is not quite four months, right? So a little while later, turned four months old and uh, did an alert. She wasn't aware it wasn't alert. He was licking her. I kind of like dogs to choose their own within reason. Um, was licking her. And, you know, it's because of early, this early scent stuff that we do and letting them sniff. We had one, I remember from our frozen litter, and he was the smelly boy in that litter, is what I affectionately call them. And he loved to follow his nose. So he, we were trying to get him to go over this little puppy course, and he was. He, he was like, eh. so we took some stinky um, canned dog food and we just kind of drew a line down the course and he followed that whole thing with his, his nose. So he has been a great alerter for his owner. So scent means a lot, but if you're doing any sort of scent, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole four day course in and of itself as an advanced course. <laughs> and we do touch it in the online course though. And we do guys, we do have an online course. Um, Nicole says, perfect. I appreciate that. That makes perfect sense. And you're doing this with your dogs only that you breed, right? Not someone else's pups. That's such great information. Yeah. Right now I'm only do, I'm only training the dogs that we breed because I don't have time to train them and everybody else's. And for example, this, these two litters that we have on the ground now that are about two and three weeks old are <coughs> well, 10 days old and about 19 days old. But um, these two litters out of the 16 total puppies, I think at least 10 of them are staying for board and train. And we're aiming on three to five litters this year. So that's why I, I can't work outside dogs. And when people contact me and they say, hey, uh, you know, I just had a couple people today reach out to me that they need help doing task training with their service dog. I can't do that. I don't have the time to do that. So we have a list, Blake's actually on our list um, for people who have done our in-person service dog school and have said, yeah, go ahead and put me on the list. Um, Blake, because she's come down and we've worked together quite a bit and she's not too far from us. I recommend her a lot. And then Sam has not come to one of our service dog schools, but Sam has been here for, I think like already 10 weeks this year. So I recommend Sam a lot because she's, you know, she's lived on property and, um, you know, like it works. So if you're also like, I want to learn more about service dog training, I'm a trainer or an aspiring trainer, like check out for when we do our service dog schools. So they're pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm doing it with the dogs that we breed and I get to play around with each litter. Each litter, we try something a little different and see what works. Um, what are the section, the three sections called? Um, for the wall, Kimberly is, this is what I need to teach. This is what I am working on. And this is what my dog knows. And yeah, that's amazing. I love it. Thank you, Nicole. And then can we get a copy of the Zoom meeting? James asked, if it records like it should be, uh, I will put it up on our podcast, which is called Service Dog Secrets. And I will upload it onto YouTube. Uh, probably both under Hope and Heart and Soul because I both have YouTubes. And I have a lot more followers because Heart and Soul previously, Dream Dogs has been a lot around a lot longer than, than Hope, but I wanted initially to keep them separate. So Hope has its own. So I'll probably upload it to both. Uh, oh, the American Red Cross talked to me too. I appreciate all you do. My daughter has a service dog in training and this information will be well used for a POTS alert dog. That is awesome, guys. Perfect. Um, like I said, we do have a 
uh, online course. Now we do need to totally redo the online course. And I will be the first one to tell you that. But if you get it, you get access to it for life. I don't like, I'm not gonna pull it and then make y'all pay again. No, like when we redo the course, um, which will be set up this way to start with puppyhood on up, um, everyone will have access to it. And we sell a lot of the online course. And because of that too, I'm able to give away every puppy that leaves us goes home with the online course. Um, pet, if it's a pet one, service dog, if it's a service dog one, if a pet one really wants a service dog one, like I'll throw it, it's not an issue. Um, Cause there are some differences between them, right? And then for every puppy who stays for one of our puppy programs, we do a scholarship to the online course, right? So I like being able to do that um, and helping people out because having a service dog can get really expensive. So we are wrapping it up here, guys. Um, but that's that's my service dog foundational skills. And whenever that clicked for me, it was a huge epiphany because it just made things so much easier. Um, Kimberly, thank you. She had done, so I'm gonna share a little bit here. Kimberly Ferris, um, Bueller, not Ferris Wheel. Um, he had come out, he had done our five week, I believe it was just the five week. Um, service dog, board and train with him. Um, we'd done a five week and three month ones, but I think he was a five week um, and he was super, like we love Ferris. Well, they're getting a puppy from one of these litters on the ground and we're super excited. Um, so we're gonna, uh, they're, they're gonna go through all of it from puppyhood with us. And how exciting is that gonna be? I cannot wait, I'm so stoked. So yeah, go through it again, Kimberly, if you guys can um, go through it and, um, and do it again because like I said I'm, I want to change it but I know I do not have time right now to change it and ideally yeah it was the five week okay um ideally it'll be once we get the building in so that'll be at least four months like we still got plenty of time with the course as it is which it's a great course as it is I just like to redo it every couple years or so because things change like how we do things changes a little bit Heck, even the quality of the cameras change a little bit. And I record it all with my iPhone, so I can just upload it that way. I don't do a bunch of editing. I just film and go. Like if I don't like, I might trim off the edits, but I'm not going to cut and paste and everything. You guys are going to get what happens. So the first one that we had done, well, not even the first one, but like not what we have now, but the last iteration of it was when Gypsy was a puppy. And I think these ones were whenever Django was a puppy. Um, but the camera would like flip up occasionally. So you'd be like seeing Rich doing stuff and then boop, it flips up and then it's back. So yeah, it, it was fun. Um, I'd love to do the course, Nicole. Nicole, that's great. I'd love for you to do the course. You can sign up. I, I sent the link. Um, and again, scholarships, we do have them. Um, the scholarship is on the uh, hopeservicedogs.org page. We have a whole page for scholarships. And we do two types of scholarships. We do the online course and we do the in-person school. Right now, we do not have an in-person school planned because yay, Florida in the heat. Uh, we were going to do one last November. And then I found out that we had two litters that one litter was going home the beginning of December. And then we were expecting a litter just before Thanksgiving and just before December. And I'm like, I'm not dealing with uh, teaching a school here too. So, so we did it. Um, and I've, I've talked to people, trainer friends and all across the country about going out there, but really I don't like traveling. Like there's a reason I'm an hour to Disney and Universal. I don't like traveling. Um, I don't like traveling two hours. I don't like traveling more than really an hour. And that's on a limited basis. 
and I have everything I need here. I've got my puppies here. I've got my bed here if I need a nap in the afternoon while I'm teaching. So I really, I prefer to just have them here. It's just, it's easier on me health-wise. And then we have puppies here and we'll, we'll probably always have some sort of puppies here that'll make teaching it a lot easier because y'all guys can use the little ones. Um, you've gone through it again, but we'll do it again before Marcy comes home. Perfect, Kimberly. Um, so yeah, and, and it's something too, guys, like pass it on with your friends, you know, like let them know about the scholarships. Um, let them know whenever this video comes out, you know, like check this out. This is amazing. So follow us on TikTok. Um, help us get to 30,000. Uh, I want to help you guys because I cannot train them all. I cannot do it. I don't want to do it. Um, I want you guys to be able to take this information and mold on it and grow with it, right? And maybe you'll come up with something super awesome that you're like, hey, guess what's not in the foundation is this thing that is really, really, really needed. And I'll be like, that's awesome. Thank you. Like, I need that. Um, or, you know, here's a really nice, easy way to do it. Great. Perfect. That's what I want to see in here. Um, but take it and, and like give credit, but, um, but have fun with it. Going to look at the chorus and I love that you're giving back. James, I think we all got to give back like so much. We've got to give back and the service dog community, the dog training community, the dog community, just period can be very, uh, very harsh, very cutthroat, very mean. I was talking to somebody earlier today, a friend of mine who is getting out of dogs because it's just, they're just nasty. You know, some people are, and that is not okay. You know, like this person is a fantastic dog trainer and has so much to give and really wants to change the world and just getting slammed for, for nothing. So we cannot have that. So we create a safe environment. I will block and delete idiots. Um, I don't want drama llamas. Like I want a nice safe place. And it's nice because when we do volunteer days or when people just decide like, hey, can I come out tomorrow and volunteer? Um, and, and we get a chance to sit down and we get a chance to talk and there's a few of us together. And it always happens with potsies. You know, we get people out here who haven't met people in real life who have dysautonomia or who have EDS, the Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. And they're out here and, and maybe I'll have a couple friends over, maybe a couple other volunteers over, and there might be, you know, two, three, four of us, five of us, six of us in total sitting down and, and talking about how POTS affects us. And like, sometimes tears are in eyes because like, it's understanding and you get it and you're not alone. And that is very, very much a relief. Okay. Um, yes, thank you so much. Yes, they can. Sometimes very toxic. Yep. Nicole says, as a, a veteran and a breeder, I've donated pups in the past. I keep getting pulled to go at it alone and do what I can. My end goal is to train for PTSD service uh, veterans only. Um, and Sandy says, me too. Okay, guys, so I've got something for y'all. Um, first, let me know what breeds you got. Okay. Because um, I want to know that stuff. But if you're thinking PTSD, we do a lot with them. There's also the Service dog providers for military veterans, um, Labradors, Nicole, I might need you. I need a good lab breeder. Um, most people are now are just Goldens that come to me. So it makes it a lot easier, but um, you know, Goldens, I like better. That's just me. Um, but there's some things. So service dog providers for military veterans, um, they're having a conference actually in like a week. I was gonna go, I can't go. Um, Blake needs a lab breeder. Blake, meet Nicole. 
Nicole meet like, um, not a breeder, just want to train for PTSD for veterans. Perfect, Sandy. So what um, I'm going to also recommend, oh gosh, what is it? I'm having a brain fart. See if I can find it. If I Google, she is this able veteran, this able veteran, not disabled, this able veteran. And um, she's super, she does PTSD veteran specific training for trainers who want to do that. So I would definitely reach out. Um, and I'm sorry, guys, I it's seven o'clock. It's now eight o'clock. Um, and I know I prefer mornings, but I know for this, it's easier for most people in the evening. So that's why we have most of these scheduled at seven o'clock at night. I do better in the morning. So by the time evening comes, I'm like, Ugh. I've been trying to get to that school, but you're poor, Nicole. Um, but it's something too to keep on the radar. And sometimes they do offer scholarships, at least they have in the past. And sometimes you can pay with, um, you know, sweat equity for some people. I don't know. Bahisha. I know her too. Um, I don't know if, if Bahisha would do volunteer. I don't know if you could do volunteer. But um, like I said, I think we do have to help help each other's out as much as we can. But um, thank you. Thank you, Faye. Uh, we'll probably do a whole one too. Let me drop that down on fundraising. Because it reminds me, Faye is doing a fundraiser for um, for uh, her pup. So we could possibly get someone for fundraising and do one of these. Um, I do have some, if you do that link tree, um, link tree, let me post it here, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Hope S-D. This is my link tree. It has the links to everything you need. I used to just give my website and have everything on there. And uh, link tree now has it. Uh, if you go to the heartsoulk9.com, you'll see even on there, it's like, we're not taking people right now. We're booked out. Um, but we have the link tree. So we have uh, a couple webinars scheduled. So check those out. Even if you're listening to this at some point in the future. If we have them, I will stick them on there so people can see it. They're free. All my seminar, webinar, online stuff like this, um, I don't charge for it because the info has to get out there to people. Like, raise it up. Raise up what we're doing, what we're asking, what, what's going on, um, and help, help people. Okay? So I am going to go. It is 8.15. That's what I wanted to cover, though, with Service Dog Foundation Skills. And this is where the foundation skills came from, is what do they need for these? And then how do we get them that information so we can take it and roll? We covered that. We've got this. We got this information. Now you guys need to digest it. You need to digest it. You need to look at it. You need to see what your dog is good at, what your dog is needs work with, right? What you need work with. Maybe you stink at Lauren reward training. Maybe you think clickers are for sissies and you don't want one. I don't care. Learn to use a clicker. I'll just use yes. Well, yes is for in service, break is for ends behavior. And there needs to be that difference, right? There needs to be a room service and an ends behavior. And you need to be consistent. You can't use yes half the time, break half the time, and a clicker half the time and expect your dog to figure out anything. So that consistency, that clarity is key. Okay. Looking forward to more of these sessions. Awesome, Kimberly. Thank you so much. Awesome. I feel better soon. Thank you. 
Um, I hope you guys have a fantastic week, a fantastic weekend. And let me know how you're doing dog training wise. Okay. Catch you later.